0: From Decrypt Media, this is the Decrypt Daily, and my name is Matthew Diemer. Today on the show, listeners, you wrote in about Trump's comments, and I read them. We have a critique of Plan B's stock to flow. And did the U.S. government really hack a Bitcoin wallet? (laughs) I think not. That's coming up today on the Decrypt Daily. good morning everybody welcome to the show today is tuesday june 8th 2021 let's get into those crypto prices because i have a lot to read to you today here comes the money here we go money talk and i'm recording this at 11 o'clock eastern standard time bitcoin is in at thirty-one thousand eight hundred and nineteen dollars down 11.7 percent in 24 Ethereum is at $2,387, down 13.9%. Tether's in the number three spot. Binance Coin is at $332, down 15.8%. And Cardano's in the number five spot at $1.45, down 15% even. Running off the top 10, we have Dogecoin, XRP, USDC, Polkadot, and Uniswap. Total market cap were down to $1.44 trillion and a BTC dominance of 41.2%. So yesterday, former President Donald Trump made some comments about Bitcoin. I'm going to play them again for you today, because I want to read to you the listeners' opinions about what he said. The opening bell for Wall Street is about to ring. I'll ask you one last question. You don't like Bitcoin? You wouldn't invest in Bitcoin? Do you invest in the stock market at this moment? So not at this moment. I think it's high. Uh, So I have not invested in the stock market at this moment. I have in the past, but I have not at this moment. I think it's high. Okay. Uh, Bitcoin, I, I just seems like a scam. Come on, man. Uh, I was surprised. You know, with us, it was at 6,000 and much lower. Uh, I don't like it because it's another currency competing against the dollar. Essentially, it's a currency competing against the dollar. I want the dollar to be the currency of the world. That's what I've always said. So now having that as a reference, this is how the listeners responded. Rooster wrote in and said, it's interesting how they framed the question. You don't like Bitcoin? Are you invested in the stock market? Trump's comics recognize that Bitcoin is a currency, even though he trash talks it as a scam, because he views BTC as competing with the dollar. And what he said at the end, he always has said, and he always thinks the dollar should be a world's currency. Obviously, the world does not agree with this boomer. Nationalist views that represent old world mentality of centralized power. Laser eyes in the direction of hashtag DeFi power to the people. The next listener wrote in this. Hi, this is Jennifer from Rockland, California. Donald Trump's comments fall exactly in line with the narrative from not only his presidency, but his whole life. He calls out fake news or fake presidential win by Biden. And now Bitcoin is a scam. So basically, if he's not winning at something, it's fake or a scam. Joe wrote in and said this. Matthew, I listen to your show every morning. You provide good information on the space. About the comments from Trump on Bitcoin. This is from a guy who doesn't read and doesn't know what Bitcoin is. I don't know what medicine he's not taking, but I wouldn't give a minute of air to his comments. The next comment came from Cotton, which is a dope name. If that's really your name, that's a really cool name. Cotton, I love it. Cotton wrote in and said, my take is that this is a great win for the cryptocurrency community at large. A rejection from someone well-associated with scams like Trump University, etc., can only help rehabilitate BTC's multi-level marketing perception. By the way, thanks for the podcast, and I appreciate your take on the issues. Viva El Salvador. And finally, last comment we have is from No Questions. No Questions wants to stay anonymous. And No Questions is a fine name. No Questions says Trump's comments are pretty indicative of his traditional persona. Trump has power based in the US economy and is better served by keeping the US dollar on top. Signaling to his followers that this technology is anti American or a scam only serves Trump's political persona. I would be hesitant to believe that Trump isn't invested in Bitcoin through other financial channels. And I wouldn't be surprised that in a few years we hear about him having a sizable hodling. But regardless of his message, at its root, it truly shows that Trump is a leader that cares more about his power to control people than to help people through their day-to-day lives. I hope that decentralized money and Bitcoin are more widely available and accepted between citizens so that we can make our choices without people creeping into our every move. I have hopes for the future of privacy that benefit all citizens of the world, not just only the United States. Those are just some ramblings and thoughts about his comments. Thanks for the time and effort that you put into the show. I try to catch it daily while I do shipping and packing for my small business. No questions, thanks for that thoughtful response and let me know what your small business is. I wanna see how we can support here at the Decrypt Daily. Now, before I get off the topic of Trump's comments and the replies to the listeners, I wanna just set one thing straight. I did not cherry pick these emails. These are all the emails I got. I got five emails, there are five comments here, and this is what people said. I did actually edit the content and didn't read it verbatim if it was critical of the president and said, well, very critical things. I wanted to make sure that this didn't come out political or anti-Trump. I just want to read the comments based off of Trump's comment about Bitcoin. So please do not think I'm being biased. Please don't write in and say, you're just putting in your political views in here to, you know, put your political views in here. No, I'm reading the comments from the listeners to me about former President Trump's views on Bitcoin. And like I said, please reach out to me, Matthew Aaron, at decrypt.co, and let me know your views if you think that Trump is 100% right. I will also read those on air. But you better get it done soon because this is a topic that is waning very quickly. So if you have any more comments about Trump's comments on Bitcoin, write me an email, Matthew Aaron at decrypt.co, and I will air them tomorrow, but that's your last chance. Moving into our conversation today, we're talking to Francis Tapon, the host of Wanderlearn, and his critique on Stock to Flow.
1: Good to see you, Matthew. I'm a fan of your show.
0: Hey, thank you. Thank you. reached out and said, hey, you have a critique to Stock to Flow. First of all, Stock to Flow is a model that I think that we all look at when we are a little bit, um, let's say, down about a Bitcoin pullback. We kind of use that as a, as a beacon of hope. But you are critiquing the Stock to Flow. Before we get into that critique, let's, let's define what is Stock to Flow.
1: So the stock to flow model is a model that plan B made up about in 2009 of March, uh, sorry, 2019. Sorry, uh, it was in March. And it basically follows the fact that every four years there's a having, and that there's going to be a corresponding jump in price with each separate halving. So that's basically the idea.
0: And what is that stock to flow model based on? Why is he saying that this uh, halving makes a jump in price?
1: So the idea that he got the idea from the fact that gold has a very high stock-to-flow of around 60-ish as its number. So the amount of new gold that enters the market compared to the existing stock. And he said, okay, well, Bitcoin is kind of similar in that respect. And what is Bitcoin's stock-to-flow ratio? And we know that because it's programmable. And so as a result, he noticed that over time, it's going to actually exceed gold's stock-to-flow ratio, and that could portend well to its price.
0: You said that gold has a 60 of stock-to-flow ratio. What does that 60 mean?
1: So if you look at the amount of gold that's produced, and it would take about 60 years for us to equal the amount of stock. So we produced roughly around, let's say, 2,000, 3,000 tons of gold every year. The existing stock is much higher than that, so it will take us many years to finally uh, catch up to that stock.
0: All right. And so because of that, I guess, um, limited supply that is coming into the the, the current stock, the, so the, the new gold that's made going into the current stock, there is a way to uh, assess the price of gold because of the new amount of gold that's coming in, correct?
1: Correct. Right. But the irony is that gold uh, analysts do not use gold stock to flow to predict the price. First of all, there's an idea, one critique. I had eight critiques of the stock to flow model. So I guess we'll just dive into it. There's eight flaws that I point out and you can just Google eight flaws of the stock to flow and you'll find the article and the video about it. But the idea is this, is that first of all, gold analysts don't even look at the stock to flow model to predict its price. And the, second of all, the, stock to, the price of uh, sorry, the actual stock to flow number varies. We say it's about 60, but sometimes it goes down to as low as 30, then other times it goes close to a hundred. It kind of varies over, uh, over the decades that we've been tracking the number. And and if you look at that variation, there's almost no correlation to the actual price of gold. So that's another problem. So that's one of the big issues that if it's not predictive to gold's price, then why should we use it to predict Bitcoin's price?
0: Interesting, interesting. Well, you had one of eight there. I I might might as well just uh, wrap off the other seven.
1: Other precious metals have higher, sorry, lower stock to flow ratios than gold. So maybe palladium, or platinum have very low stock to flows, about one versus 60. And yet the price of palladium per ounce compared to a price of gold per ounce or platinum per ounce sometimes exceed gold. So gold can be under palladium or platinum's price. So again, if it's such an important metric to keep track of and it's so predictive of price, why is it that certain metals, precious metals, have much lower stock to flow ratios and yet higher price per ounce? That's another problem. the other thing is the disagreement about what the stock to flow is for gold itself, uh, that it doesn't. another problem is that it doesn't predict the uh, price of other cryptocurrencies. Plan B himself said he tried to apply it to Ethereum and it didn't work. It, it didn't match up, it didn't correlate. And of course, and you can take other cryptocurrencies that are much closer like Monero or other, uh, other cryptocurrencies that are much closer to Bitcoin's uh, stock to flow model and the way Bitcoin is released and having a limited supply. I think there's about 18 or so cryptocurrencies that have a fixed supply. And again, the stock-to-flow doesn't predict its price either. So these are some of the reasons, but let's go down to the three biggest reasons. Uh, Number one, it assumes that demand will increase exponentially and continue to increase. It doesn't really look at demand. And so to me, that's 101 on economics is you have to consider demand. And so it's possible that Bitcoin's demand starts, starts to wane Maybe maybe it won't. Um, Number two, it underestimates the powers that be. In other words, the big big governments, other corporations, uh, regulators, tax authorities, financial services, environmentalists, gold bugs, the FBI, the CIA, all sorts of people don't have a vested interest in Bitcoin and maybe see it as a threat. And those are powerful entities that could slow down Bitcoin's adoptions. They can't ban Bitcoin, they can't stop it, but they can certainly make life miserable. And the, the number one reason I stated is that it just defies physics. Nothing grows exponentially forever. Eventually everything slows down. So whether you look at Walmart stock or Google stock, anything that just grows rapidly like Bitcoin did in the last decade, is eventually has to hit an S-curve and start to slow down adoption. So those are basically the reasons, but I I detail it much more in my article.
0: Excellent. Well, we're going to link the article in the show notes. So anybody that wants to deep dive into this, they can deep dive. Uh, But you are a Bitcoin holder. Uh, So you you do, this is not a critique on Bitcoin itself. This is a a critique on stock to flow. If you have a critique on stock to flow, you must have, and you're a Bitcoin hodler, you must have an idea of where you think the Bitcoin price to go. Now, of course, we're not, this is not investment advice or trading advice, but but what do you think a more correct model would be?
1: That's a really important observation. A lot of people miss that nuance. So I'm glad you noticed that, Matthew that I am in fact a huge bitcoin bull a lot of people think that I'm a bear or or somebody like peter shift um, I'm not I, And the majority of my net worth is tied up to bitcoin so i'm i i would love for the stock to flow model to be right and that i would be wrong i would i'm i will be the the guy who celebrates the most if if i'm wrong so i'm really i would love to be wrong but I don't know the the price of Bitcoin. I don't know. I, even though every year I do put out a prediction, <laughs> it, it, it's it's just guesswork. It's kind of like trying to predict the, the the price of of gold. However, I will say this, that I think that you should expect diminishing returns over time. And so I don't think that we're going to get a super cycle. I don't think it's going to defy other investment vehicles that we have, like real estate or gold or or... Uh, anything out there, stock market or bonds, eventually it's going to have to be having a return of around 10 percent per year or something like that over time. So I don't expect Bitcoin to have 100 100%, 100x returns every year, over year, over year. It's just it's going to that just defies all investment logic. So I think there's going to be a pullback and so kind I, of a diminishing returns.
0: So I, I do like what you said, and I just want to uh, push back a little bit on on what you said there and. When I see people critique certain things and say, here's a critique, and let's see if I'm right, eventually you will be right if you give it enough time. And right. and I think that stock-to-flow can be correct if we look at it for the next, maybe this bull run, if we're still in our bull run, um, and going into maybe 20 or the next um, halving in 2024, um, we could see that the stock-to-flow model proves to be correct until a much later date and then when you are correct. But I think there's still room to say that significant growth in Bitcoin in price and in, in, uh, market cap is not unrealistic. C- is, are, can you agree with that? And But then it will slow down because obviously there, the amount of capital in the world is limited. So therefore, there's no you will get that S-curve, as you said. So given enough, enough time, you will be right. But as of right now in the short term, in the, the short term uh, predictability, stock to flow,
1: could very well be on the money. But it's not for the reasons necessarily that it's stating. And the other thing is that I have a problem with the stock to flow model is that the range of variation is like two standard deviations. So in 2024, Plan B predicts that the average price of Bitcoin will be $288,000. I think that's too bullish. I don't think it's going to have an average price of $288,000 in 2024. It also says that the price could be anywhere between thirty thousand dollars and four hundred thousand dollars. That's a that's such a broad prediction; it's almost useless. It's like me telling you that the the Standard and Poor index will be between one thousand five and ten thousand. It's just such a crazy wide range that, in some ways, it becomes almost useless in that sense. So, I I think that you're right. If I don't, I would not be so heavily invested in Bitcoin if I didn't agree with you in the sense that there's the upside potential is still massive. And so I absolutely agree with that. I just don't think that it's going to hit the $288,000 average price in 2024, because I think so many of the the factors that I listed are gonna come into play, especially the top three reasons I cited are going to really slow down the adoption. At the beginning of every year, I predict the Bitcoin price and I've done that. And I've actually been correct for the last three years in a row. But this year, I took a gamble. I said $40,000. I said this in January 1st. And at that price, at that point, Bitcoin was $28,000. So, and I was quickly proven, quote unquote, wrong. It could blip up to 100000 maybe even 120000 That's possible. But I think there will be a massive pullback uh, either this year. And I think that in 2022 is going to be a, a tough market.
0: Understood, understood. So, in summary, the top was not in. The average price is not going to be $100,000, but maybe more like forty, and that's what we're going to see here this year. That's what you think.
1: That's what I predicted at the beginning of this year, and I still think it's uh, reasonable. I hope I'm wrong again. I really do.
0: <laughs> excellent. Excellent. Francis Tapon, host of the Wander Learn podcast. Thanks for coming on the show and talking about your critiques to
1: stock flow. Thank you so much, Matt.
0: And finally, as we know, the U.S. recovers Bitcoin paid to the Colonial Pipeline hack, And because of this, Bitcoin tumbles 8% on fears—well, actually, it's more like 12% now—on fears that law enforcement hacked the network. Let me tell you what happened. The Colonial Pipeline, as we all know, was hacked. And it was a ransomware attack. And the ransom was paid in Bitcoin. Well, the FBI was tracing this down, and they wanted to recover those funds. And they found them. They found them on a cloud server being stored. This is from Adam Back. Adam Back said, Bitcoin was not hacked— No wallet of Bitcoin was hacked, nor is it even known to be possible. Ransom hackers used a rented cloud server. The FBI got a subpoena and took control over it and recovered the coins. That's it. So Darkseid, the entity behind this hack, what they did was they went to, say, let's just call it like a Binance or a Coinbase or a Gemini or wherever is a centralized place where you can get your Bitcoin sent. They set up an account there they gave their bitcoin wallet address there the bitcoin was sent to that and then all the fbi had to do was trace bitcoin on chain to the address figure out who owns the address and talk to the centralized person or the person in control of the icloud server or the exchange or wherever it was hosted and say give me control over it shut down their access and that is it so there's two lessons that came from this the first one is not your keys not your coins Interesting enough, Darkseid is smart enough to do ransomware attacks on things like the Colonial Pipeline, but didn't understand not your keys, not your coins. Which is a good thing now because the Bitcoin is recovered and they're out of the ransom that was paid. The second positive here is that this pokes holes in the narrative that Bitcoin can only be used for dark money, is only used for dark money. You want to know why? Because here... Bitcoin's semi-anonymous nature, being able to be tracked on-chain, gave the breadcrumbs for the FBI to find the funds and take hold of the funds. Basically, Bitcoin saved the day. And it pokes holes in the theory that Bitcoin is only good for dark money because, you know what, if this was cash, no matter what currency it is, you could put it in a briefcase, you could go take it across the border, you could put it on a boat, you could put it in your backyard, dig a hole. Nobody knows where the money is. But Bitcoin because it stays on chain, they were able to trace it, they were able to find it, they were able to locate it, they're able to recover the funds because it was on a centralized server. So so there you have it. Bitcoin was not hacked, and actually, it was a net positive because it shows the benefits of transparency. Just want to give a shout out to my buddy Mark, who talked to me this morning to tell me why this is actually a positive outcome for Bitcoin. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Deemer. Don't forget to go to Apple Podcasts, like, subscribe, share, and leave us a comment. And also, Deemerforcongress.com D-I-E-M-E-R for Congress.com. We take Bitcoin. We also take U.S. dollars. Until tomorrow, happy hodling, everyone.